Good day. How you feeling today? No, I mean, really, how are you really feeling today? Whatever it is, good, bad, the ugly, I hope that you feel it. Because if you're feeling it, that means you're human. You're still alive. You're here. My name is Justin Little. I'm the host of the Mental Wealth Podcast. And first, I ha- it's been a while since I've kind of did a little shoulder tap. So I got to do the shoulder tap. Guys, we just celebrated five months of podcasting. We released our first episode on April 16th, 2021. And I've been keeping a true count of episodes. And I never counted that early on bonus episode. That was really great, I might add. A lot of people love, but it was just like a bonus 15 minute. I never counted that. Most of my episodes, as you guys know, at least 30, 40 minutes, probably on average about 45 to 50. We've had some as long as a little over an hour, but generally about 45 minute average. That being said, I count full episodes. And right now you are listening to episode number 20, episode number 20 of the Mental Wealth Podcast. It's authentic. Had to go creep the soundboard for that. But listen, guys, I just want to thank you guys. Who who would have known five months ago, 20 episodes later, thousands of downloads later, actively marketing sponsorships, partnerships, the episodes that we've done, uh, the market that we've reached 25 countries on our way to 26. I'm just so thankful for the audience. I'm thankful for the listeners. And I'm so glad to just have a place in your heart of hearts. For those of you guys who reach out to me on the side each and every week, genuinely telling me how much you enjoy the episodes, how this particular episode did something for you. I genuinely feel it. If I could just help one person, I know I'm doing something right. And um, someone was telling me last week, Evan, you know, you you got a little choked up talking about 9-11. And I said, look, you know, I try not to leave those moments in there. I try to be just straight up with it, you know, but at the same time, I couldn't be an authentic podcaster or an authentic so-called mental health advocate if I don't allow those vulnerable moments to happen and leave them in. So, you know, little known fact when it comes to this podcast, I do little to no editing. Um, last week, I did some edits because <laughs> shout out to Malik. Love the league, man. Great episode. Thank you guys for supporting. That episode is still available. Never forget, I'm okay. Support my brother. Support that episode. But like middle way through a recording and his phone rings. And so I had to like cut that part out. Um, and it's, it's a very clean edit. It's very hard to notice. But um, yeah, other than that, like I never do editing. I leave everything in. Even the mistakes, the fumbles, if the audio gets a little muffled, I want to leave it in. I, I clean it up as much as I can. But I want it to be authentic. I don't want this to be perfect. And I think that may be what draws people in is that it's not perfect, but it's me. Right. You ever heard that saying imperfectly perfect or perfectly imperfect, however you want to phrase it. Same thing. So I promise my audience, I promise all you listeners that that's how I'm going to continue to be each and every week, authentically myself. And I'm going to bring on guests who I believe in and who I believe can add their authentic selves to this audience, uh, who can help build this audience with me and bring more awareness in all different types of spaces. So as always, thank you for joining, for coming to be a part of the conversation. Also, a quick thing too, we started an email. You can reach us uh, at Gmail now. Contact TMWP, the Mental Wealth Podcast. Contact TMWP at gmail.com. It's attached to our Instagram as well, too. So um, people might DM me as well for information to get on the podcast to partner. But you can also email me now as well. Don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, leave a review when it comes to Apple. I believe Spotify doesn't have that option. Not sure about Google and the other smaller platforms like Overcast. But most of our listeners, you're listening right now on Apple Podcasts. So do me a favor. Rate us. Go to the bottom. Hit those stars and leave us a review. And let others know about how much you're enjoying the Mental Wealth Podcast. Episode number 20. I'm here. I'm with it, right? Uh, so here's where I want to start. 
I, I opened asking you how you're feeling. Because many of us are stressed. And then some of us might be burnt out. Now, what's the difference? Because sometimes people may think that stress and being burnt out are the same thing. Now, they have a lot to do with each other. But there's some differences. So stress, and this is from a resource. Uh, I think this is NAMIC. Stress versus burnt out. If your stress is characterized by over-engagement, burnt out, you're characterized by disengagement. If you're stressed, it could result in a loss of energy. But if you're burnt out, it could result in a loss of motivation. If you're stressed, it can primarily take a physical toll. But if you're burnt out, it primarily takes an emotional toll. It ends it this way. Burnt out or being burnt out is the accumulation of unchecked stress over long periods. You can have stress without burnout, but you cannot have burnout without stress. So that burnout is letting that stress accumulate without you checking it. And then it gets to a point where you're just done. You're just burnt out completely, right? It's easy for us to get stressed. You might be stressed right now in your day-to-day -day job, being a mother, a father, a friend, a worker, whatever you have to deal with in your day-to-day -day life, you might be stressed out. But if you don't get in control of the stress now, it could lead to being burnt out. Now, when I say that, it doesn't mean that the stress is just going to just disappear like magic. No, but you need to acknowledge it, understand it, accept it, and be aware of it. That's a connection to self-awareness. I hosted a room today on Clubhouse about being burnt out, how to avoid it. So we're going to talk a few minutes just about that. Uh, it's interesting in Canada, they did a study that according to the Canadian economy, this is from BernieGroup.com. The Canadian economy loses an estimated $33 billion a year in lost productivity due to people being stressed, which is the root cause of being burnt out. In fact, over six in 10 highly stressed workers identified work as their main source of their stress. And so work typically, if we work a nine to five, if you're self-employed, even a business owner, typically it's statistically probable that your job and what you do on a day-to-day -day basis is causing your stress. So what can we do? Well, first we have to identify the signs of what burnout can look like, what stress can look like. So signs of burnout can be included, uh, all of these things that I'm about to list, but it could be more as well. But here's some common things that you wanna look for. Exhaustion, isolation, escape fantasies, irritability, frequent illness. And when we say illness, we mean physical illness because once you're burnt out and you're so stressed, that can start to affect you physically. Scientific studies have proven that. You're more likely to develop physical sickness or pain, headaches even, migraines, because you are so stressed that you've now become burnt out. Another tool from, uh, from uh, burnout, from, excuse me, from Bernie Group talks about uh, if not irritability, it could be depression, feelings of being apathetic, uh, feelings of being drained without signs of higher production. You could become forgetful. So this post, they gave four uh, main things that one could do to, uh, to deal with being burnt out or to try to avoid it, right? Try to prevent it, but then once it happens, to try to kind of get out of that phase of being burnt out so that you can get back to living as close to a normal life as possible. Four steps. One, get enough sleep. A good night's sleep makes you able to tackle the day's stresses more easily. When you're tired, you're less patient and more easily agitated, which can in increase stress. So getting some sleep, going to bed, setting limits for yourself. There's nothing wrong with having a good time, but make sure that you're balanced and ensuring that you get some time to sleep and refresh and reset Two, get outdoors. Studies have shown that people who spend more time in green spaces, such as parks, woodlands, have measurable lower levels of stress hormone cortisol. Well, this is something I'm working on now because recently, as you guys know, I transitioned to a new role where before some of my role kept me at home, but a lot of times I was out in the field doing a lot more traveling, market to market, uh, driving around. So I got a chance to get out, eat, walk, talk, whatever. But now I work 100% from home. 
And so I have to challenge myself, you know, when I'm getting behind that computer, those eyes are getting heavy and I'm getting a little tired. Um, I tend to want to just go sit on the sofa, relax, you know, take some conference calls from the phone, kind of just get off camera on this on the Zoom calls and just relax. But challenge myself, hey, look, how about taking a call while I'm outdoors, putting my headphones on, walking outside. I, I live in a little circle area, work, walk the circle, go get the mail, let that sun hit my skin. It's It's healthy. And it's helping me get out of the monotony of just sitting around the house all day that could become boring, right? So structuring my day to include some time to get outside. Along with that, that beautifully leads and transitions into exercise. Physical activity produces endorphins, chemicals in the brain that act as normal or natural painkillers and also improve the ability to sleep, which in turn reduces stress. It stands to reason if your body feels better, so does your mind. So getting out there, working, walking, running, doing something a little bit each day, every other day, something to get that blood flowing to build those endorphins up that's gonna help you sleep, help you stay less stressed. A lot of times, once you you go work out, you come home, hit that shower, you'll be ready to knock out and your body feels good, a little sore maybe, but after a while, you'll feel better knowing that you worked your body out and that you're, you're building up that propensity to get those endorphins in your system. And then finally, take vacations. I know someone said, look, if I could take two six-month vacations, <laughs> but we know that's not possible. But it says here, whether a weekend away or a two-week adventure, vacations provide a great opportunity to just let go. Enjoy your time away from the stresses of everyday life. I know for me, I love, if not getting away completely, I love just a day trip, getting on the road, driving for a few hours somewhere, hanging out, trying a new restaurant, going to the mall, trying a trail, just exploring, and then coming back. I love being on the road particularly this time of the season. By the time you're hearing this, in a few days, it's going to be fall. This is my favorite season of the year. Windbreakers, windows down, some fresh air, the leaves, the smells, the, the pumpkin spice, spice stuff. So, uh, yeah, get out. Go do something different. You know, even if it's just a day, even if it's just over the weekend. Um, those are just ways to really relax your mind and reset. And so I, I think um, burnout is real. Many of you may be feeling burnt out or maybe you're just feeling stressed. Either way, be aware of it now. Self-awareness is key. Be aware of what the signs and symptoms are. Accept those. And then now what's next? Action. What am I going to intentionally do to change behavior to try to get in control of this? And all of you out there listening to who are advocates of mental health and advocates of friends and family who might deal with these things, ask yourself, what can I do to recognize these signs so that I can help benefit my friend, my family, my loved one, to be there for them if they're going through a tough time. So again, what is burnout? It's a form of exhaustion caused by constantly feeling swamped, a result of excessive and prolonged emotional, physical, and mental stress. In many cases, burnout is related to one's job. Burnout happens when you're overwhelmed, emotionally drained, and unable to keep up with life's incessant demand. So, you know, one thing I always have preached on this podcast as well, and I said it earlier in the clubhouse space, make sure you're taking full advantage of what your job offers as far as um, employee assistance program, as far as stress and wellness time and talk space type applications, things where you can truly, truly get some help that you need, whether for free or at a discounted rate. Fully utilize that because a lot of companies are putting more and more pressure on HR departments and ESCs to develop programs that benefit their employees' mental health. Because many people are taking long leaves of absences because they just don't want to be there. They, they can't handle it. So uh, make sure you're looking into that. If you don't already know what they offer, find out. Find out this week. I challenge you to go find out what your employer can do for you to help benefit your overall mental health. Listen, I'm really happy and honored. Special guest today. Uh, I was supposed to have this guest last week where we had a scheduling conflict because he is a very, very, very business, busy man. So let me tell you who this guest is. Jay Nolan is a loving husband, father, and entrepreneur who has dedicated his life to helping others around the world. As a former professional baseball player, he naturally injects extreme discipline and focus into all areas of his life. As a national syndicated business columnist of the Los Angeles Tribune, he wants to use his voice to help others be heard. As an activist, 
Jay has shined a light on the subjects and people that need it the most across the globe. Jay's mission is to make a positive impact and raise awareness around societal issues like child hunger, abandonment, women's abuse, human trafficking, animal cruelty, environmental pollution and degradation, and social inequality. His current projects include helping to fully fund the Abuga Memorial Orphanage School in Kenya, Africa, which he has provided the primary funding for over 11 years, as well as supporting the work at the Sunshine Center, the National Indigenous Women's Resource Center, and the Women's Refuge in St. John's County. You can help support these causes too at backtobackprojects.com. Jay is also a very accomplished entrepreneur and businessman. Over the years, he's trained hundreds of thousands of people around the world to develop supreme confidence and self-esteem. Many of these people are now creating world-changing impact and spreading positivity and social consciousness in their own communities. I mean, that was a long intro, but I mean, that that is an intro that is worthy of such a man as Jay Nolan. Uh, so looking forward to you guys enjoying this wonderful conversation and try to try to take some notes, try to see if there's some a, a few gems that you can take away from this conversation with Jay Nolan. I'm happy to share this with you now. This is the Mental Wealth Podcast interview with Jay Nolan. All right. This is Jess Little from the Mental Wealth Podcast back with another episode. I'm so happy to have my special guest, Mr. Jay Nolan. How are you today? Welcome. Doing wonderful. Good to be here with you, Justin. I'm so glad to have you this week. Was going to have you last week, but this week is a perfect week to have you. Got a lot of things to ask you. Now, the audience just uh, heard your bio, so they just heard a little bit about you. But from your perspective, your version, who is Jay Nolan? And I'm a country boy that learned to do business as well, progressed from, from the farm to somehow or another played professional baseball, believe it or not, for six plus years, and then got injured back in 1995. And then I've been in business, international business now for over 25 years. So I'm just, a, I'm, I, if you ask me, it's from a business perspective, you're going to see a lot of international business. There's going to be a lot of revenue that you've seen that I've done over these past uh, couple decades, actually a quarter of a century. But if you ask me where I'd rather be, I'd rather be somewhere on my boat, fishing pole in my hand, you know, just out on the lake somewhere. What do you like to catch? I love bass fishing. I love crappie fishing, but serious bass fishing. I, I really love the bass fish. My dad and I, we, we, we go at it pretty hard again. Yeah, here, I'm, I live near the water. I live in the Hampton Roads area in Virginia, near the Atlantic Ocean. So a lot of, lot of spots and croakers and I'm not sure about bass, but I know spots and crocus and flounder is really popular around here. We love fish. We love seafood around here. So we get along just great. <laughs> um, so a little bit about your upbringing. Like, where, where are you from? What was it like, you know, growing up, your childhood, your family? You mentioned your father. You, you still spend good time with your father. But what was, like, your childhood, your upbringing like? Well, you know, I was born in Kentucky, small town Winchester. And then um, my grandfather had a hog farm about 11 miles outside of town. So my initial upbringing really was very, very humble beginnings, uh, learning how to live off the land. You know, what we were able to raise primarily is what we ate. And, um, and so coming from there, you know, I got an opportunity to, to kind of expand my life. My parents got divorced when I was nine years old. My dad moved to Florida. So I finished my high school years in Florida. And, and then I went to college for a couple of years. And then 1988, I got drafted by the San Diego Padres. And at the same time, I had signed with the University of Miami Hurricanes to finish my last two years. But I got tired of eating spaghetti 45 different ways. So I went ahead and took the money and started getting paid to play. Oh, wow. Okay. So so baseball, was that always, was that something that you wanted to play? Did you want to play baseball? Was that like Really, you know, Justin, that's a great question. My dad really groomed me. He played professional softball. Um you know, in some of the leagues around in Kentucky and, and Ohio, so Cincinnati area. So he was big time in the softball. So me being out with him at those softball parks, all the kids would always be off on the side. We'd be playing wiffle ball and, and, and all those type of things. So my dad was really intentional about getting me involved. And he told me early on that he wanted to, he, he thought I could play professional baseball one day. And that was like when I was like seven, eight years old, man. I mean, he was telling me that stuff. 
And so he kind of grew me early on from that. And uh, I just kind of, you know, hung in there with it. And uh, it just, uh, I had a knack for it. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you did mention too, just briefly, one other thing on your childhood, your parents did divorce when you were young. How did that affect you mentally, emotionally as a young boy coming up and having that separation, that divorce actually with your parents? You know, I really didn't know how to take it because, you know, it was really tumultuous in, in our house all the time. My mom and dad were constantly going at it, thus the, the, the divorce. But my grandparents were like the staple. So no matter how crazy things were going on, my dad's parents, my granddad, Jim Willie, my grandma, Ida May, you know, most country people got two first names. So <laughs> Jim Willie and Ida May, they always swooped around me, Justin. They had me all the time. So while my parents were buck wild and crazy and going nuts, they kept it pretty stable for me. But when my parents divorced, you know, I missed it because my dad, he was really hands-on with me, had me a lot. And then all of a sudden that separation there that naturally happens because the judge had me go live with my mom because my sister, um, I was, you know, nine at the time. My sister was four. So the judge wanted us to stay together, at least for a time being. So, you know, it had a pull on me. And for years, you know, I was really, uh, I was really torn inside because there were some pretty dramatic things that happened before they divorced. My dad actually shot himself when I was seven and he lived through it and I was close by and he did it based on something him and my mom was going through. And then the next year, my mom trying to get away from my dad, she just grabbed my sister and Janet, she was gone. And so I didn't see her for a long time. You know, the next time I saw her was in a courtroom and that was a divorce proceeding. So that had a big impact on me emotionally and I, that's why I really bring my grandparents to the forefront because they were like that stopgap to keep me somewhat stabilized until I can kind of get up and going on my own. But I can remember Justin early on after I was seeing all that, and it was weird, man. You know, I can remember being around 10, 11 years old going, I can't wait to be able to take care of myself. And so that became my focus, just to get to the point where I could take care of myself. And I've been taking care of myself primarily since I was about 16 years old. Wow, what a, what a story. I mean, and I know that's just the Cliff Notes version because there's so much depth there um, because you never have the idea, right, of some of the trauma that people experience as kids. I mean, to think about that situation with your mother and your father and him, you know, shooting himself and your sister, that's, that's a lot to go through. That's a lot to, to be affected. And then you having, you know, something stable with your grandparents to kind of bring you in and be there for you. That's amazing. So, so kind of taking that, right. Taking that up, bringing, although somewhat traumatic, you were somehow able to then as an adult, um, according to your profile, you are now a subconscious mind thought leader, 25 plus years of high level success, uh, 1 million people globally trained. So how do you go from that traumatic childhood? We know you played baseball. You did baseball for six years, you mentioned. How do you go from, from that? How do you transition? How do you go from there to where what, what you became the successful businessman you are today? You know, like on your podcast, you know, I love podcasts like this, programs like this, because this is also part of coaching, part of uh, mentorship. So for me, it was the mentorship along the way. You know, before I got off into, into, into high school, I had a great junior high school football coach, Coach Johnson. And Coach Johnson, man, made us tough, man. I mean, we were some of the toughest kids. That I, I still look at kids today and go, man, could y'all have made it through Coach Johnson? But Coach Johnson believed in if you just build strong people, they can do anything. Mm -hmm. So he said, I'm going to make y'all tough. He said, y'all going to appreciate this when you get older in life. So I took, believe it or not, from my 13-year-old self with Coach Johnson and that toughness, I took it on to the next level. And then I kept taking it to the next level. And then I got around some, some great baseball coaches, Bruce Bochy, which uh, is going to be in the Hall of Fame. You know, he won three World Series with the San Francisco Giants. He was my coach with the San Diego Padres. And he, great mentorship. And then when I got out in business, one of the, one of the, key components for me writing my upcoming book was these powerhouse women that I got around. So I got around like four powerhouse women mentors in business. And the whole philosophy was build strong people you can sell in the product. And so I always 
gravitated to that philosophy. And so I just took that in every area of my life. And I don't do anything without thinking strong first. And so being able to go do what I've done internationally, I think, you know, I've spoken 20, 20 at least 20 countries, might be a little bit more. Wow. I've done businesses around 90 countries around the world, you know, so being able to do that all comes from the foundation of strong. If you're strong, people do strong things. I love that. I love that. So when was it that you realized, you know, you became a strong person, you had, you were developing this background, this business acumen. When did you realize you had a desire, a passion for wanting to help people? Because at the root of your business is you, you mentioned coaching, mentoring, you're wanting to help people. You want to help people improve their lives, their mindfulness, their, their livelihood. So when did you realize that you particularly had a passion to help people? If people are really being honest with themselves, most people will tell you it's money driven first. So for me, I looked at the opportunity to be able to make money by helping people. Then I found out by helping people, I was able to make more money. And then I started figuring out that, well, where was my satisfaction? Was it more in the money or was it in the helping people? And then I found out that it was more in the helping people. As a matter of fact, it way surpassed. So then I said, you know what? What if you just were able to help people do the same thing, get the money issue out of the way where they're not focused on paying bills? You know, as long as a person's focused on paying rent and car payments and insurance, it's going to be hard to really make a difference. So I'm like, let me help these people, inspire them to be able to get into some real careers, help them, help them to make some real income, like residual income, have passive streams coming in, multiple streams coming in. And that right there, being able to watch what that will do is just phenomenal. So that became my passion, initially thinking that I can make money by helping people, but then that that thing, it flipped. It's not even closed now. That's beautiful. Let's tell the audience a little bit about um, where they can find you and, and what you're doing straight from your website, jnolanmastery.com. Uh, one of the first things I saw when I went to your website a few weeks ago, the big and bold, are you happy? I just want to stop there. Are you happy? I think that's a very important question. It goes on to say, happiness is defined as a pleasurable or satisfying experience. Is that how you would describe your day-to-day -day life or is your life filled with stress, anxiety, and worry? So what's, Jay, what's your thoughts? What's your thoughts on that, on happiness? And how are you using your platform to help others to realize what happiness is? Happiness is everything, man. I think most people think that in order to have some deep purposeful life, they have to have a life of, of uh, just sacrifice. That's not true. You got to really look at life in and of itself. Everything that comes to life naturally is looking to grow, is looking to see how much it can fulfill its potential. If you, if you plant grass seeds, that grass is not going to just stay a seed. It's going to come up and grow, and then it wants to, it wants to germinate to be able to produce more seed. And so the essence of life is that everything that's living naturally wants to increase, not decrease. If you stop increasing, then you're going to have death. And so that is the foundation of being happy is, first of all, understanding that how can you be happy if you don't fulfill your potential? or on your way to it, or making progress to it every day. How can an acorn be fulfilled unless it turns into an oak tree? Unless it gets planted. And so that's where, to me, I say happiness is everything. And I got a good friend, Edwin Itaberry. He's called the, the chief happiness officer. We're actually doing a course for him. And he said something that was profound. I, I, I've been living this, but he put it in words. He says, happiness is a skill. And that tripped me out. Because if it's a skill, it means it can be learned. And you don't have to teach a seed once it's planted to grow. But you got to teach human beings once they're born to be happy, to grow. And so that's the essence of it. Being happy is everything. I put everything. If I'm not happy, I don't want to do it. 
And so, and that, that's really profound. And so on your website, you talk about free video courses and, and some other things that you offer as far as helping people um, transform their subconscious mind. So tell us a little bit about that. What, what are some services? What are some things that you offer as part of your program to help people? Everybody listening to my voice should go to the site, jnolanmastery.com and under products, everybody should get Motivate XP, everybody. Because this is a compilation. It's an audio series. So it's an audio training series, but it's a compilation of how do I stay motivated all the time, no matter what? How have I learned to adapt and overcome no matter what? Going all the way back to when my dad did what he did. My mom did what she did and that turmoil. I've been able to identify over the years, I outlined there were eight key motives. That's the word motive eight. So instead of motive eight, the motive eight comes from motive eight. There's eight motives that I break down in deep detail that you can't help but being completely inspired no matter where you're at because I recorded this going through one of the hardest times of my life. So after all the success, after the billions of dollars in revenue that we've been able to generate over the years, after all of that, being able to get smashed and get crushed and get what life does when it, and life's on you. That oak tree's still gonna go through storms. When those storms come, how deep is those roots? And so when I look back, I'm like, man, I'm still planting, I'm still here, no matter what's coming at me. What if I can train people from the emotional and mental perspective of the bottom? Because most people can't relate to the top. So being at the top and then telling people, hey man, I was at the bottom. Let me tell you how I got up here. But being emotionally and mentally at the bottom and telling people, I can relate to everybody listening to my voice because it's sometime or another, we've all been at that bottom. I'm going to show you while I'm at the bottom emotionally, how I use these eight motives to rebuild myself back. So that's why that course is off the charts because I use it. And then it's, it's like a movie in front of people. So people have been watching from the time I released it. Everybody's watching me. And guess what? Building it right back up. Yeah. yeah, anyone listening right now, definitely go and visit jnolanmastery.com underneath products. It's funny you mentioned Motivate uh, is the first one listed underneath those products. They're your training systems, but also you have Confidence Base Camp, you have 365 Confidential, you have seven steps to unlocking your, your subconscious minds. And so, of course, I know we don't have time to go into each of these products today, but you, you have resources available, camps, training for those who truly uh, want to improve your lives right on your website. It says for over 20 years, you've trained thousands of people just like you to realize their self-worth and in turn excel in all areas of their lives. It's impossible to outperform from your self-image. Outperform your self-image, excuse me, but if you begin to see yourself as a winner, indeed, you will begin to win. I love that line. If you see yourself as a winner, you'll begin to win. I love that. I love that so much. You know, so, you know what every, everyone should really do is, I got a free course, Justin. If you go to sevenstepmiracle.com, Okay. Sevenstepmiracle.com. I'm going to walk you through seven steps, but it will introduce you to all the potential products that you can use to go ahead and master. So I, I'm going to tell you exactly what to do. I'm going to give you seven steps. Then I'm going to give you the tools on how to do it. Seven steps. I love that. So seven step, seven steps, seven step or steps? Sevenstepmiracle.com. SevenStepMiracle.com. I'll make sure that's going to be in the episode notes. You guys go check out that free course first and see what Jay Nolan has to offer, which would then lead you into some of those other courses as well, too. So along with that, Jay, what would you say with, with business and helping people, what's maybe been your biggest challenge that you've had to overcome? I think the biggest challenge is what everybody's biggest challenge is, which is mind mastery. That's why, <clears throat> and, I, and I was, because the mind doesn't stop. And we have to realize what's the perspective of like, we got to put the mind in the right perspective. And I don't think a person's ever really truly happy until they do that. And it took me decades to get this down. That's why I call it instead of thought leadership, I call it subconscious thought leadership. 
because the happiness is actually in your subconscious mind. You know, Aristotle, the great philosopher said, give me a child until they're seven and I'll show you the adult. I'll show you the man, I'll show you the woman. Just give me a child until they're seven. I'm gonna show you the man, I'm gonna show you the woman. Give me the child until they're seven. Why was the, this, this great philosopher talking about give me a child until they're seven? What happens from zero to seven? So when I heard him say that, I went into deep study about that. And I found out that you know from zero to two, our brains typically operate in what's called a delta state. And from two to seven, our brains operate in what's called a theta state. So a th the theta state of the brain wave, which operates between four to eight uh, hertz per second. So four to eight hertz, four to eight hertz per second. That's the waves in the brain. When it's working at that four to eight, that's when you can learn the most. Now, with, if you start adding stress in everybody's lives, that's why people's their, their way, their brain waves are just shot. People don't get it. <clears throat> excuse me. People don't get into deep delta sleep. You've heard of the delta sleep? Mm -hmm. Well, that's between zero to four hertz per second. If you're stressed out, you're not going in there. So you're never going to get that deep REM sleep where you, where you repair. So that delta sleep is where you repair. And that child from zero to two, they're healing, they're repairing, they're growing, they're, their bodies are growing the integral things that they're going to need for the rest of their life. Two to seven. Man. You can... You can tell a child multiple languages. And this is what tripped me out, Justin. I was visiting the island of Curacao in the Caribbean. It's right there in the ABC Islands. You got Aruba, you got Bonaire, you got Curacao. People you talk, talk about Aruba, they don't talk about Curacao. On the island of Curacao, which is owned by the Netherlands in Europe, most people don't know this. Every child, every grade school kid from zero, from by the time they reach 10 years of age, are fluent in four languages. The whole island, Justin. Four Every child, wow. four languages by the time they're 10. By the time they graduate, 16 to 18, they got seven languages, fluent. So I'm going out to dinner with some of these people doing business over there. And at the dinner table, they're going in between languages like it's nothing. A few, a, a sent, one sentence might be in English, the next sentence in French, the next sentence in Dutch, the next sentence in Spanish. And I'm like, y'all all understand each other? They go, of course, we've been talking this way our whole life. And so that's the power of this theta state from zero to seven. And that's why I created confidencetones.com because I went out and I brought in some of the top sound some sound experts in the world to start, can we do, what happens with our brain when it's out of whack? It's out of frequency. So if you can go back and start to introduce certain waves to your brain in a theta state especially, then you literally have the opportunity to reprogram your brain. So what I like to do is wake up, grab my headsets, right when you wake up, you're naturally in theta, by the way, right when you're waking up and right when you're about to go to sleep. I like to grab my headsets, put them on, and depending on what I want to work on, I've got different programs to be able to work my brain to keep it sharp. So that's a decided advantage. And people can just go to confidencetones.com. I got a little movie on it that explains all this. We're, we're going to make sure all your links to all your websites and your programs are in the episode notes so that everyone can go and check out what you're doing, Mr. Nolan. So I, I want to save some time here at the end for your book, uh, your, your latest book, The Power of a Woman from the Perspective of Real Men. Now, I believe it was soft released on the 13th. So it should yeah. be uh, somewhat of it. Tell us about the book. Tell us about how we can get the book. Why did you chose to write this book? Uh, where, where can we find this book at now? Right now, you can find it, soft release, Amazon. So if you order it, it'll show up, Amazon and Barnes and Noble. We've got 200 special copies that are, these are uh, ones that are stamped, signed by me and with a personal note. There's only gonna be 200 limited special author editions. These are hardcover with a stamp. You can get that from powerofawomanbook.com, powerofawomanbook.com. 
And uh, those are very, very going to be exclusive. Les Brown, the great speaker, Les Brown is a friend of mine. Over these years, I've been able to run into a lot of different people. He wrote the foreword in that book. That book was inspired back in 2014 when I originally thought about the book. Because when my wife got pregnant with our son, we originally thought it was a daughter for over a month. So this doctor told us, he said, he tried to do early prediction. He said he's 85% right. And we just went in hook, line, and sinker. And so we thought we was having a, a little girl. And that tripped me out to think that I would bring a little girl into this world. I don't like the way things are for women in this world. I don't, I mean, it's not fair. So a lot of people talk about racial inequality. There's also gender inequality at the highest level. 137 women around the world right now, approximately 137 women are murdered every day by a family member right now. Four in 10 women during their lifetime are going to get raped by a close associate or family member. Four out of 10. So I'm thinking about, I'm going to bring a, world, a, a little girl into a world that's got those type of statistics happening. No, 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 no. What can I do to change this? I start scrambling to put together tools to go inspire people to at least create an environment for my daughter to be able to grow up in a better place. So that inspired the book. And then I got involved with these mentors. And then I can only continually give grace and homage to my grandmother, Ida Mae Nolan. Her strength is what held me. So that combination of my grandmother, the combination of me thinking I was having a daughter, these four powerhouse women mentors that taught me about business, that is what created the power of a woman from the perspective of who? Real men. So not men that are afraid, men that understand in order to have more, you gotta have balance. That's the problem with the world today. See, the people that are working from a competitive plane, trying to keep people down, always have to look over their shoulder because they're doing it the wrong way, as opposed to raising people up, creating equality. It's an unlimited supply of money and resources in this world. So there's no need for people to try to hoard. And that's really the power behind the power of a woman from the perspective of real men. I think that's beautiful. You know, I think my audience will really appreciate that too, because uh about 62% of my audience is women. So many women listen to this podcast and and um, and we've had women guests, uh, men guests, but to have a man like yourself with, with the influence that you have to be writing a book specifically with women in mind, I think is something remarkable and beautiful. So so thank you for sharing that with us and, and make sure you guys go out and support his book. The link to his book will be in the episode notes. So I wanna, wanna get you out of here on this. Uh, what's the best piece of advice? that anyone's ever given you? Best piece of advice. Successful people are having a great day every day, no matter what. Hmm. I went to a conference, about 4,000 people there. The, the gentleman that was leading it up, the CEO of the company walks out on the stage. This is November, I think 18th, 1995. Walks out on stage, everybody comes up. We had a big conference. <clears throat> Everybody's cheering. All of a sudden, the, 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 the man who's leading the entire event starts screaming at the audience. I want everybody to understand this. And if you don't understand this, I want you to get out of here. That's how he started the conference off. I'm like, what's going on? He says, all of you are here looking for success. You look for success. All of you are here want success. You want a better life. You want this. You want that. You flew all the way here. I don't want to waste my time. And I don't want to waste your time. He goes, so if, you don't, if you're not ready for what I want to say, I want you to get out of here. Go to the back of the room. They'll give you a refund. Just get out. And he put some choice words in there. And I started seeing about, it's probably about 100 people scuffled out and left. People are like, I can't believe it. And I started leaning forward. Like, this has got to be real because nobody would come out and open up a conference like this unless they're about to tell the real deal. So I leaned in. And all of a sudden, he says, you got to get this straight. Successful people are having a great day every day, no matter what. How many of you got problems? 
Everybody raise their hand. He goes, that means you're alive. Only people don't have problems are the people down at the grave. He goes, the bigger the problem, the bigger the paycheck. Solve it. And stop wearing your life on your sleeves. Just learn to have a great day every day, no matter what. It's impossible to say things are going great. Things are wonderful. Even if things is falling down around you, you say it's awesome. It's wonderful. I'm making stuff happen. Things are on, on the upswing. He says it's impossible for things not to turn around when you talk that way. So when I heard that, man, I started having tears come down my eyes. And I said, you know what? This is a philosophy I can live with. So I get up every day, no matter what, no matter what I've had to go through. And I just decided I'm going to have a great day, no matter what. And that way, the law of attraction works in my favor more than it would not had I done the reverse is what most people do. So my advice to everyone listening is just learn to have a great day, no matter what. I love that. Mind over matter. Mind over matter. Mr. Nolan, where can we find you? We talked about your websites. What's your social media tags? Where can we find you and connect with you in the future? Yeah, man, if you get on Instagram, we got a lot of followers there. Jay Nolan now, J-A-Y-N-O-L-A-N-D-N-O-W now. Same thing. I'm over on TikTok, you know, Facebook. You can catch me at my name, Jay Nolan. Um, but uh, most people, you know, they're, they're really vibing with me right now on, on Instagram. Also, I, I got a new following that's starting to, to grow on Clapper, uh, you know, which is a, com a competitor to TikTok. And uh, so I got this, I got thousands of people all of a sudden, I didn't even know what's up. That's, that's really a word of advice. If you think TikTok's too crowded, go over to Clapper. You'll see it's the orange button with two hands. And uh, it's really a great platform to be able to get some organic growth fast. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm always looking for myself, any of the content creators, there's many of us out there. I mean, you have 151,000 plus K uh, followers on Instagram. So congratulations for your success and all the people that you're touching. I'm glad that we connected on Clubhouse. I think you have maybe five or 6,000 people following on there too. So right keep, now I'm about to hit 15,000. That's what it shows. Oh, wow. So yeah, keep, keep doing, keep doing what you're doing up there. Keep running those rooms. Cause I I'm glad I was able to connect with you through that space, check you out, listen to you. And I'm like, I, I want to have this, this fellow on the podcast and you, you bring so much experience, knowledge, mindfulness. And so I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast and everyone listening, please make sure you go and support uh, Mr. J's book and uh, and support everything that you're doing. Go get those those seven steps, those seven steps, right? Those free seven steps. Got it. Let's start there. We're all. I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna go there. I'm not gonna just tell them to do it. I'm gonna go there and start there myself too. So thank you so much, Jay. Thank you for being here. And this has been another episode of the Mental Wealth Podcast. My man, appreciate it. It's been wonderful. What a conversation. What a conversation. I really, really enjoyed that conversation uh, with Mr. Nolan. And, you know, it's so it's so interesting, you know, doing this podcast and doing these interviews where if you guys notice my style of interviewing is kind of maybe different from someone who's classically trained is I, I, I almost sit there and I just kind of guide the conversation. But I really want the interviewee to really you know, get their bag off to really like just speak about what's going, what they do and their passions. And I sit back there sometimes just like not even knowing what I'm going to ask next because I'm just listening to what they're saying and I'm soaking up information. I'm soaking up knowledge. And I'll tell you many things that Jay said. One of the things that really resonated with me is towards the end when he mentioned about this mentor where this mentor says, look, <laughs> go get y'all want to leave right now. You, ain't, you may not be ready to hear what I got to say. And some people left. And I'm like him. I would have been like the guys like, hey, I'm, I'm head forward, you know, uh, hands on the on the knees. Like, what is he about to say? And he says that there's no such thing as a bad day for a successful person. Something to that effect, right? Like successful people always have good days. And that's profound. And you might have different opinions about that. But then it goes further to say, look, basically and I'm paraphrasing so if I get something wrong but basically everyone's got problems everybody's got issues that they deal with every day the only people that don't are people that's dead in the ground 
they gone. But if you still here, that's a win. If you're still standing, if you're breathing, listening to me right now, you've done something, right? You're here. You're, you, you have a measure of success. So, so don't get it construed that you can't have issues because we all have them. I have lots of issues. But being here right now to be able to speak to you, despite my issues, means that I'm successful. People responding to the podcast means that I'm successful. Whatever you're doing in your life right now, despite your problems, your issues, your concerns, it means you're successful. And you're here to talk about it. You're here to tell the story. I, I felt it was so powerful. So, uh, Jay, thank you so much. You guys, please go and check out his book that's released right now. Um, all the links to his book uh, is going to be in uh, the episode notes, his website, all the websites you mentioned in social media, all that's going to be uh, right there in the uh, in the episode notes in the description. So you guys will be able to see that. Click those links and go and support him. And uh, as I kind of wrap up, I kind of wanted to tie in my usual affirmation or just that last positive thought with something that Jay actually shared today, the same day that I'm recording it. And he shared it. It's not something uh, brand new. Uh, I've heard different variations of it before. But when it comes to goal setting, right? And I ask you before I read this to you, are you a goal setter or a goal dreamer? Right? Like, are you a goal getter? Or are you just dreaming? You just talking? Because we can say a lot of things that we going to do or we want to do. But do you really have the plan and action to do it? And something that I've said before to my sales teams in my real job, and I've maybe even said this on the podcast before, but we're going to say it again. We're going to make smart goals. Well, what's a smart goal? The S is for specific. So when I make a goal, it can't just be ambiguous. It needs to be a specific goal. So my goal today is I want to go to the store. That's a goal. It's specific. Not, hey, I may go here. No, no, I'm going to go specifically. We can even be more specific. I'm specifically going to Walmart. So there's no room for any ambiguity or confusion. I have a specific goal. The M is measurable. So how can I measure this goal? What's the distance? What's the what's the measure? Right. What, what, what are the parameters of this? Right. A attainable. So. Is it attainable? And that kind of goes along with my usual R of realistic. He has a different R here. But is it attainable? Right? So, like, honestly, if if you've been running one mile on average at the gym on the treadmill and you come in and say, look, I'm going to do six miles today, that ain't really attainable. You got to increment growth, right? So set a goal that's attainable, that's realistic, right? So specific, measurable, attainable. His R is relevant. I usually use realistic, but honestly, realistic and attainable kind of go in the same realm. So I like how he used relevant. So is it relevant? Relevant to you, relevant to your career, relevant to what you truly want to accomplish in life? Is it just a goal because it sounds good or is it really relevant? Is it, you know, true and authentic to yourself? I thought that's beautiful. And then to T, it's timely. So don't just say, look, I'm going to do this. But then you don't set a goal like, hey, I'm going to go back to school in six months. All right. Hey, by the end of this year, I'm going to move out. In two years, I'm going to move to a different city. In four years, I'm going to be in this different position. I'm going to have this promotion that I want. Right. Set a timetable. And then most importantly, hold yourself accountable. So smart goal setting, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, timely. And then in the body of his post, he, he gave us a couple other gems, four gems. This is one, focus on goals that are 100% in your control. So I always say control the controllables, control what you can control. If you're setting goals about things that you have no control over, you're bound to lose because you can't control yourself hitting that goal. So you're, you're bound to set yourself up for failure and disappointment because you set a goal that you had no control over. Two, don't compare yourself to others. Don't try to be better than someone else. Try to be better than you were yesterday. So it was you versus you. And my earlier episode, maybe a month or so back about growing is the goal. I mentioned sometimes, most of the time, is you versus yourself. We can be our worst enemy. Third, reward yourself. Success may be its own reward, but you need a few rewards along the way. Sometimes rewards can motivate you to keep working hard. So taking some time out, 
treating yourself, getting yourself something nice, taking yourself somewhere nice, even if it's dolo, even if it's solo. You know, I got I got this promotion at work and I wanted to go to Ruth Chris by myself. Now my wife didn't let me do that. But I wanted to go by myself. There's nothing wrong with going to celebrate and doing different things for yourself to hype yourself up to really uh, celebrate and reward the success that you've reached. And then finally, four, find a support group, find individuals with similar goals and interests or even those who have what you want and learn from them. So it's not about a jealousy thing. It's, but listen, successful people breed successful people, right? Like success is contagious. It's like negativity is contagious. If I'm, if I'm around a bunch of people who are negative people, there's a greater propensity for me to develop into negativity. On the other hand, if I intentionally surround myself with people who are positive, motivated, winners, then more likely I'm going to be the same way or at least be motivated to be like them if I want to keep up, right? So surround yourself with the people that you're trying to be. Surround yourself with people who have similar goals who will motivate you and support you in that journey. So I said it before, sometimes everybody can't go. Sometimes you might see, and this is just me speaking myself personally, you might see me distance myself from you. It's love. But you might not have anything to pour into my cup. You might not have anything of value to bring to me. So I'm going to love you from afar. I'm going to see you when I see you. But I can't devote so much time and energy to you because you may just not have anything of value to me. And that's okay. See, there's some people, they say, oh, you just brand new. That's not being brand new. Well, I want, if I want to be successful and I have these goals to accomplish, but I keep going around people who don't feel the same way about those goals, who ain't as motivated to better themselves, what am I doing? I'm dumbing down myself to go be around you. I'm stunning my own growth because I want to be friends with you because I love you. So I can still love you. We can be sort of kind of friends, acquaintances. But I need to surround myself with people who are going to better me, who are going to bring value to my life. I want to bring value to your life, but it can't just be one sided. I can't bring all the value and you don't bring me anything back in return. So as you get older, as you grow and your goals change, and your mindset change, sometimes your friends do. The friends that you keep all life long are the ones that grew with you, but sometimes people don't grow with you or they're not growing with you fast enough. So I'm here, you here. It's not about, hey, I'm, I'm better than you. No, it's not that. I look down on nobody. But if I'm growing to this point and here's what I feel about life, here's what I'm having a conversation with. I can't surround myself with people who don't have that same energy, at least not all the time. They ain't saying that you ain't never going to see me out. It's like a few weeks ago, I think on my first episode back, I talked about refilling my cup. I talked about being with a group of people and I asked the young lady, would she go back to her high school reunion? And she said, heck to the no, because ain't nothing there for me. Ain't nobody there for me to put this giving me what I need. I'll see you when I see you around. We happen to run into each other, but I'm not intentionally surrounding myself with a bunch of people who ain't got nothing to bring me. And I respect it. Because that's self-care. That's goal setting. That's setting yourself up to not be burnt out by surrounding yourself with winners, people who will support you and bring value to your life and help you win and help you get to the goal that you want in life. Guys, it's my pleasure to be here with you each and every Monday, when we drop these episodes each and every Monday, we're in Clubhouse each and every Sunday at 1 o'clock Eastern. Come and join Clubhouse, guys. The Mental Wealth and Wellness Club has almost 2,000 members in it. I feel like just the other day we were celebrating 500. We're growing the message in. Uh, it's a free app, so anybody can sign up. And many of you guys come in there each and every week and support us. Episode number 20, I'm so happy. I'm so happy to get to this point, but we're not done. We got so many things up our sleeves, so many surprises and announcements to come in the coming weeks. So stay tuned with us again. Subscribe, like, share the podcast. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to reach out to us on Instagram at the mental underscore wealth podcast. Also, you can email us now again. Contact TMWP, TMWP, contact TMWP at gmail.com. Send me an email, share your story with me. And who knows, you might be a part of the podcast one day. My name is Justin. I'm the host of the Mental Wealth Podcast. This has been episode number 20. We'll see you next week.